before you sit down, would you mind scooching um, one way <laughs> to the left or to the right to make a little bit of room? We have a lot of people in the back that would love to come in and grab a seat, I'm sure. Come on down. Don't be afraid. Let's make a little, little room if we can. Thank you. Well done. We are so grateful that you are here this morning. We see this, we see this time um, as part of the Whitworth community every Tuesday and Thursday to take a pause and to stop and reorient our lives toward the living God who has come to know us and to love us and to die for us. And so we are so grateful for the freedom and the opportunity that we have to gather as friends united in this place that we can worship God together. Please bow your heads and pray with me. Holy God, we can feel the seasons changing as we're moving from fall and headed toward a cold winter. In these tough economic times and in times when our country feels so divided, we come to you in prayer this morning. We grieve this day for all of those who are suffering because they are homeless. For no one should live in our world without shelter or a safe place to sleep. But yet for generations and generations, this problem persists. So we ask for your forgiveness. We ask for you to be a source of comfort for those of us who struggle. Be a source of inspiration for those of us who are, are too comfortable. We seek a newer world where homelessness and poverty and loneliness and depression are ended. We thank you, God, for the 30-some Whitworth students who bravely immersed themselves into the problem of homelessness last night, for their desire to see the issue to listen to the stories and to pray thoughtfully about where you are guiding them and our community through this experience. This morning, we are reminded how blessed we are to have warm beds, consistent shelter, and a community of love and support to thrive in. Together this morning, we remember your son, Jesus the Christ, who was born homeless, but yet brought light into dark places he brought his light into the margins, and we pray for that light now to illuminate our hearts. So, Lord God, this morning we ask you to help us to be people of justice. Use us to build your kingdom here on earth. And we pray this morning, as did the Hebrew prophet Amos, we ask you to let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream of your grace and mercy. In your name we pray. Amen. Truly, it is an honor to be before you this morning. And uh, on last week, Forrest shared with us, Jesus is the King and Lord who delivers. 
when we face adversities and trials and tribulations, we can be confident uh, that Jesus is the king, the ruler, the Lord of all who will and has delivered us. I don't know about you, but I've been going through some trials and some adversity in my life uh, these couple of weeks. I thank God for Forrest being my comrade and someone I could go and pray with and to my sister uh, Roberta, who was holding me to uh, one of my other sisters, Debbie Vogel, who held me in her arms as I was going through these trials and tribulations. But I had to be reminded that out of all of them, God was still my deliverer. He was my healer. He said, all I had to do was look to the hills from which cometh my help, and my help comes from the Lord. Today we come out of the book of John, the 8th chapter. One verse says, again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever, whoever, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And the church said, in this particular passage of scripture, Jesus returns to the temple and the people all gather to hear what he has to say. But the religious authorities decide to set a trap for him. You see, they bring a sister to the community circle. And this is a sister who is caught in adultery. And they are explaining to Jesus what he needs to do. You need to follow the law. She's been caught in sin. And there's no other option for you to do but say she needs to be stoned. But it's ironic how Jesus is looking at them. Can you just imagine him looking over these so-called religious authorities? And he doesn't exactly respond right away. He just stoops down in the dirt. And he takes that prophetic finger and he starts writing. Can you imagine what he was writing? Well, Joe. Well, Mel. And as he begins to write, they leave one by one until no one is left standing but Jesus and the woman who's caught in darkness. It's something when we are in darkness, light shows up and dispels the darkness. Just not any kind of light. I'm talking about the I am light. Thy am light shows up. And we continue in this chapter, and then we see Jesus is speaking again to the crowd. They have just magically appeared again, even though we are told that everyone just left. He tells the crowd with a loud voice that he is the light of the world. And if anyone follows him, they will be constantly illuminated with life instead of following the dark path that leads to evil. He says, I am the light of the world. In the second of seven, I am declarations of Jesus recorded only in John's gospel that points to his unique divine divinity and identity and purpose. And in declaring himself to be the light of the world, Jesus was claiming that he is the exclusive source of spiritual light. No other source of spiritual truth is available to mankind. There are two types of light in the world. We can perceive one or both or neither. 
You see, when we are born into this world, we perceive physical light. And by it, we learn of our creator's handiwork in all the things that we see. However, although that light is good, there is another light. A light so important that the Son of God had to come in order to both declare and impart it to men. I am the light of the world. And when Jesus spoke to them and said that he was the light of the world, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but have the light of life. The allegory used in this by the Lord in this verse speaks of the light of his truth. And the truth is his word. The light of eternal life. Those who receive the true light will never walk in spiritual darkness. If we take a candle in this room and we close every window and shut out every light, huh? light shows up in that one candle. Are you that one candle? Are you letting your light shine in a dark and dying world? Jesus said he is the light. But he said, I go to prepare a place for you. He left us as that light. That's the condition of having this light. Are you the light in the world? Will you follow him? You see, we not only have this truth, but we have eternal life. Physical light is necessary for physical life. The earth would certainly change very rapidly if there was no longer any sunlight. A forest full of trees, very thick canopies of foliage, high above all the little plant life on the ground, they need light. Plants will never move away from the light. They are constantly moving to the light. In the same way, spiritual light is necessary for spiritual life. And this can be a good test of our standing in Christ. The believer will always tend toward spiritual things, and he will always tend toward fellowship and prayer and the Word of God. For some of the unbelievers, always does the opposite, because light exposes evil, and light exposes hate, and light exposes evil deeds. But indeed, no man can come into the true spiritual light of Jesus Christ unless he is enabled. Following Jesus is the condition of two promises that are mentioned in John 8, 12. First, his followers will never walk in darkness, which is a reference to the assurance of salvation that we all enjoy. As true followers of light, we will never on purpose follow the ways of sin. Are you letting your light shine? And when you mess up, you will mess up. Will you get up and still let your light shine? As true followers of light, we will never on purpose, I said again, follow the ways of sin. And as I've said many times before, I want to be more God conscious than sin conscious. But if I do, I know that I am forgiven by the light, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The second promise is that he will reflect the light of life. Just as he came as the light of the world, he commands us, he commands us to be lights too. We see, as believers, we are the light of the world. Just as the moon has no light of its own, reflecting of the light of the sun, so are believers to reflect the light of Christ so that all can see it in us. Are you letting your light illuminate? Are you letting your light shine? The light is evident to others 
by the good deeds we do in faith and through the power of the Holy Spirit. The emphasis here is maintaining a credible and obvious witness in the world, a witness that shows up to be faithful, God-honoring, trustworthy, sincere, earnest, and honest in all that we do. But also, we should always be ready to give an account of that hope that we have. For the gospel light we have is not to be covered. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know I'll light up a room when you talk about Jesus. I will not be ashamed of this gospel. Even when I'm going through the dark hours in my life, when darkness comes, I'm reminded when my faith is at crisis, will I let my light shine? In closing, I want to ask you again, are you letting your light shine with worth? To the Jew, to the Gentile, to the believer, to the non-believer, to those who don't know him, will you let your light shine that men may see your good works and glorify the Father in heaven? There is a song that Eric is going to play. It's a three-minute song, so we got time. And I want you to understand, the song says, Light shine bright. You may have heard it by Toby Mack. <laughs> when I was driving down the street asking God, what is it that he wanted me to share with you? He said, Stephanie, you always let your light shine bright. You would not know that I'm in a crisis right now. You wouldn't know that something is happening in my family right now. But I refuse to let my light not shine. Let your light shine that men and women and boys and girls can see your good work and they too will eventually glorify the Father in heaven. Hit it, Eric. And praise. <laughs> Young people, we are in a dying world. Somebody needs to see your light shine. The light of love, the light of joy, the light of peace. Even when you're going through a crisis in your life, will your faith shine in the midst of darkness. You are needed. Let your light shine bright. Receive the benediction. May your light truly shine in a dying world. May you let your light shine that men may see your good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. Be blessed today in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go with God. Amen.